When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive Final Furlong Smart Boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org 18 plus. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with attheraces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. Thank you for downloading the show. I'm Emma Kennedy alongside RTE's Jane Mangan. Hello. Great work on Sunday, Jane. Uh, clearly, you enjoyed the day, and uh, long may Orsi's coverage continue. And Sky Sports Racing and at the races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! Who hasn't seen any of the TV coverage because he was there, living the moment live. And you can live the moment live as well, for that matter, for our Cheltenham Preview Night, which returns to the best venue in the business, the Ghost in Dublin, Tuesday, 5th of March. And on the panel, we can now finally reveal, will be Kevin and myself, alongside the Diesel Kid, and at the races pundit, Tony Keenan, the absolute superb jockey, Barry Garrity, the legend that is Jamie Codd, and Matt Chapman blagged his way in there somehow. I'm not entirely sure how. So that's the panel. Uh, Kevin is going to give you details about how you can get tickets to join us on the night on the 5th of March. It is first come, first serve. And that will be a little bit later on on the podcast. First of all, we'll take a look back at a fantastic weekend at Leopardstown. Uh, the ground was against them, but they managed to produce a, a thrilling weekend again. And Apple's Jade put up, I would say, the performance of the weekend. Jane, this was the horse you were most excited about seeing. Some interesting subplots here. One, Michael O'Leary wasn't there. He went to the match, which wouldn't kick off for another three hours. So he decided not to go see his mighty mare. Okay. And straight afterwards, Eddie O'Leary was saying, mare's hurdle. But that's all changed now. And it's all systems go for the champion. Yeah, I suppose the important thing is it's all about the performance. Really, all that rest of it is just immaterial. Um, all season she's been fantastic when she started off on the list Mullen and beat Jeski and we all thought Jeski was gone of course he ran a fantastic race the weekend she beat him 11 lengths then she went on to the Hatton's Grace and blitzed Super Sunday and Bob Poem Limonene and all them by 20 she came back then to uh, the Christmas hurdle over three miles and won by 26 lengths in a canter and I thought this was as impressive as any of those like with the omission of the final hurdle, it was blatantly clear from the home turn that all she had to do was canter home. And I was in the middle of the stands watching it uh, in the crowd. And because it was so clear that she had it won, the stands from a furlong out just started to burst into applause. And I've never seen that. I've, I, Whether it's because it's a tight 
probably so because I, I was trying to think of horses who have done it, you know, have done the two mile, two and a half mile, three mile in open grade one company in the one season. And I think there probably is some horse that has done it. But I went back to Dawn Run when she was a six year old. She was a novice hurdler. She won the English and Irish uh, champion hurdles over two miles and then went to France and won over three. And that is as close a parallel over hurdles as I can think of. I know you'll have Desert Orchid and, and Cato Starr who won the Tinkle Creek, the King George and the Gold Cup. But this mare is something completely different. And whatever they have done, they've improved her a stone on last year. She's been promoted to a mark of 165. That's seven pounds off Bouvardere. Do you know what? That's the seven pounds she's going to receive in her gender allowance in Cheltenham. It's the right decision to go for the champion hurdle. And I'm just so happy that the mayor is getting the credit she finally deserves because 10 grade ones later, 14 wins from 20 starts. Like she's just the model of consistency has never finished out of the first three in her life. She's the dream horse. And Hurricane Fly is the world record holder over jumps for grade one wins with 22. And she's ahead of him in her career at this stage. He wasn't, he didn't have 10 grade ones at this age. Now I know he had injury problems, but that tells you just what a phenomenon she was. And I know Ted was highlighting how exceptional she was at Aintree. And you can forget that actually. It's easy to forget what a stunning performance she put up that day, but it's been there. The talent has always been there. Kev, you were raising concerns about her last year and they proved to be right and, and she ended up being beaten in the mare's hurdle but as Jane said whatever they've done with her it's it's all changed and she is without question she is the number one threat if not the most likely winner now in my mind of the champion hurdle um, yeah I'm not far behind you I'm not far behind you she was very good here I had concerns about her um, you know dropping back to two miles at the very highest level on you know this type of ground against two horses and Super Sunday and Melon that look like they might be coming to the boil, um, but nothing about it. She's absolutely bolted up, as Jane says. Look, she still adjusts a little bit out to her right, but it's not as pronounced as it was last season, I don't think. And look, they're keeping her good and busy. She seems to thrive on a busy schedule. And um, to be honest, right now, getting the seven pounds, I would favour her over Boover. I think this is the best horse Boover will ever have had to face. Um, assu- you know, assuming she can bring this level of form to Cheltenham, and there's no great reason why she shouldn't. Um, yeah, we have a proper horse race on, and throw throw the X factor in Lorena into the mix, and we have uh, the most exciting champion hurdle in quite a few years, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's amazing that it's transformed because Bouvedere was odds-on favourite at one stage when he beat Sam Crow. And that's what I couldn't understand. I'm delighted. We don't have to go into it now at the Gigginstown. They've, they've had common sense over the weekend and decided, no, all right, we'll go. We're, we're going to run. Because they wanted a champion hurdler in Sam Crow, and he didn't live up to it. She is that. Somewhere over in the UK, Rory Delargy is grabbing all those 20 to 1 and 33 to 1 dockets and um, dreaming of a new life in Dubai. But it's all Irish challengers for him because he ran on the same day only a few minutes later in that pointless race where he won at one t- he's won one to four one to sixteen and now at one to five and we've learned nothing um, other than Vizian de Flo has had a breathing operation and that's obviously had some kind of an effect on him but it's all Irish contenders are going to be the ones that will put it up to him and it's 
Lorena is going to have a prep run. Benny Dudois will be the runner in the mayor's hurdle. So it's definitely they're they're saying that Lorena will go for the champion. But if if you're Jared Sullivan, are you keen to take on that duo? Well, look, he's been keen to go champion all along. You know, even um, you know when Sam Crow and Boover there, and they're all there. You know, they're they're mad keen to go for it. So I don't see why that would change. I'm sure if it was up to Willie, he'd love to switch her to the mayor's hurdle. Um, given her la- relative lack of experience, what have you, and we know Willie is always inclined to take the the easier option if he can at all. Um, but I'd be surprised if they switch at this stage. And yeah, let, let's go. You know, Boover Dare. I, I was happy with what he did at Sandown. His jumping was back to what it had been in Newcastle and what it had been last season. Very slick and impressive in, in a race that turned out to be a bit of a mess because the the leader. Um, trying to pull himself up at one stage and was acting a Mickey and kind of half fired Boover there up at one stage, but he he was very good, quick enough. Well, um, had an easy race, should put him bang on. And yeah, this is like I'm saying, this is the race that I would look forward to most during the week. This is a proper contest now, and and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, uh, in terms of how this all plays out, um. Is there any point in, in questioning the form of this race in any way? Because Mellon hasn't run to his best. Could you question whether Super Sunday is still what he was? And then if you look at the tactics of the champion hurdle itself, like if you were to try and, and knock this form down a little bit, Jane, you, you probably could in a way. But if you look at it on last year's form, like she slammed Super Sunday, who was the winner of this race, by 16 lengths last year. Mm. You're very, you're very right. Mellon um, hasn't showed up this year in his mm. two starts for whatever reason, and like she did over two and a half, she's slammed Super Sunday again. So she's only beaten the same horse essentially, but she set a time of three minutes forty four seconds, which is whatever. I know it's good ground, but it's a sensational time for a mare who did all her own work, has never really been pressured, won on the bridle. Uh, it's a it's it's if, uh, I don't think if you went p- picking holes in her, I think it's just a waste of time. Um, she's tactically versatile in that if something wants to go a million in the champion hurdle, she can sit second or third. Jack just wants to set that real strong pace because she probably isn't a real two miler in that she doesn't have a turn of speed that maybe Sharjah has. Um, but she'll drag that pace out of them and make it into a stamina test because she can cruise at such a high level and they're going to be off the bridle early. She, Jack essentially wants them off the bridle from half a mile out to try and stay with her to use up their turn of speed by the time they get to the home turn. So if if it turns into a tactical battle in Cheltenham, I think she's versatile in that regard. Um I, I don't see too many flaws in her armour, to be quite frank. I am a big fan of Sharjah as well. And if I was Jared Sullivan, I'd be going for the mayors because Benny Dejo is good, but she hasn't been seen out this year. So we just don't know if she's as good as she was last year. And uh, to be frank, if Apple's Jade was off form last year and still managed to finish a close third to Benny Dejo, it says a bit. It yeah. says a little bit, you know. Yeah, I think that's... Brilliant. I think that entire analysis of how the champion hurdle will be run, the more I run it in my head, Kev, I think she's an absolute certainty. I, I can't. Oh, I think she's an absolute <laughs> certainty. Because if you... There was a lot of comments on, on Twitter last night about, oh, but they'll use Charlie Parks to try and hassle her again. He 
doesn't have a prayer of living with her. Um, I did a, a poll on the tweet machine. If you could back at the current best odds available with the big three, who would you side with? 34% went for the champ, Bouvedere, at 2 to 1. 22% Lorena at 11 to 2. And 44% taking that 9 to 4. That won't last long, I should imagine, about Apple's Jade. It's what Jane just said about how tactically versatile she is. If Charlie Parks does what he did last year and runs as a spoiler, good luck to you, Ch Charlie. Off you go. Let's see how long you can do it for. Because the second sure he... says it, but it's not about Charlie though. It's about softening her up. They wouldn't give it. They wouldn't care if Charlie Parks. But they'll sit in behind off. her. They'll sit in behind him and let him go. And Jack will just wait for him to burn off. And once he does. She'll have too much class from. She won't be able to. He won't be able to live with her, and then she'll start to. Who, Charlie Parks or Boover? Charlie Parks wouldn't have the class to live with Apple's Jade up front. Yeah, of course he would. Jada, that's, that goes without saying. Yeah. And then she'll yeah. just inject more and more pace, like Faheen did, back in the day, when he won his champion hurdle, and we all went, "Well, how stupid were they? None of them challenged him." Well, maybe they all felt, "Well, if we go now, we won't be able to." So who's gonna be able to have ha her? and hassle her all the way around so that she's leading off the final bend, and then you've got to close, but she'll still have so much in the tank. Uh, look, it's, it's, it's all about energy distribution, but if, if you remember back to the, to the mayor's hurdle last season, you know, she went there a bit fresher than ideal, hmm. and Jack was trying to kind of mind her in front. Uh, I, I remember distinctly, I made, I'm looking at my notes here in front of me, I made a note of it at the time. She looked quite... She would look wound quite tight in the in the prelims. She was very much on her toes, and she just was was a bit more wound up than you'd like. And then in the race, she just she just was behaving and racing like one that was too fresh. And um, she probably got a handy enough sit of it early. But you'll remember if you, if you it's an interesting one to watch back. Um, Le Bagawat actually started pressuring her for from halfway, and uh, from a four out the two out. In last year's mayor's hurdle, the leaders, of which she was one, ran um, 10 lengths faster than they did in, in both the Supreme Novices and the Champion Hurdle. So it ended up being a very hot part of the race, and it probably ended up costing her late on. So we've often talked about, you know, on, both on the flat and over jumps, if, if you're a horse that likes to go forward, that likes to lead, or even just sit handy, it can be a vulnerable place to be in these big races because there's always likely to be something put in there um, to keep the pace honest. And it's how the horse reacts to that and how tactically versatile they are. I think Apple's Jade is versatile enough to sit in behind. But, you know, she has been generally front running in the last couple of seasons and it clearly has been shown her to very good effect. So it'll be a slightly different rhythm of race for her to deal with. But is it, is it fair to say, uh, Kevin, that um, Willie Mullins tried to do something like that in the Hatton's Grace with Wicklow Brave? And she just sat and followed him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, look, it, it, it's just... It's a small bit different, isn't it? You're trying to pick holes in her. Leave her alone. Yeah, stop it, Kevin. <laughs> stop being a bully. You're trying to leave, the, leave the filly alone. Move on. She wins the champion hurdle. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Good thing. No, it, it's it's one of those. I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be up at night stressing about it, but it'll just be something that, that Gordon and Jack, they, they'll just have to be very wary of when we get there because she'll have a big target across her chest now given that, that she, she'll go with it she might even be favourite and uh, everyone will know what they'd like to do and um, they'll just need to be honest and I think last year I think going there with, with a run under her will be a big help to Jack 
because I think last year she was just too fresh. And I think that they know that themselves. They said it themselves afterwards that they should have given her the run in February just to just to keep her rolling. Uh, so, uh, look, it's all adding up to be a super race. Tactically, it'll be absolutely fascinating. I'm sure we'll talk plenty about the tactics once we have the declarations and uh, the ground conditions and everything else because all that, all that can change very quickly. Mm. So uh, I can't wait to see it now. It'll be fun. If you're Gigginstown, just very briefly before we, we go, I have two questions for you, Kev. Do you surround and harry Mellon? And this time it's Bouvedere with Petit Mouchois and Farkla and Tombstone and just get in, get in around Barry and put it up to him and uh, like, like they did with Ruby before the race here and just let Apples do what she wants. Because really, Jack will have learned so much about her. He's absolutely... I, I love the line from, from Ted Walsh. I don't know if he has a girlfriend, but whoever he's going to date will have some job trying to live up to this mare because there's only one woman in his life and it's Apples checked. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves her and you know you think about the fact that she was beating at Cheltenham last year and beating the punches down and how disappointing that was and you've gone through all of the transformation that, that, that they've done with her training regime this year which you might want to just briefly touch on for, for new listeners well, I, I don't know if they've changed anything to be honest well didn't they they've figured out how to stop her getting in season well they, they've tried something that hasn't really been tested yet you know she wouldn't um, wouldn't be expected to be coming into season really until this time of year or, or really a little bit later um, so they, they don't really know yet hmm. you know I don't think that's if, if that, that's she she has come forward this season but I very much doubt that's the reason um, not have, not as of yet you know the, where that will potentially have an impact is in the springtime where her form tailed off a little bit last season um, where we'll learn if that's worked is really in March and April rather than now and, and pre, in previous months. Would that concern you, Jane, given the fact that she has won a mayor's hurdle, she has won a juvenile hurdle at, at Cheltenham, would you be concerned that that could crop up again this year? Uh, it's always in the back of your mind, but to be honest, she's only, what age? Seven. Seven. Seven-year-old. Seven I think she's just getting better because this is probably an optimum time in her life. Um mm. Yeah, perhaps they're racing her more frequently. But to be per- perfectly honest, when she goes out, um, she likes to do it. Uh, she's very generous in that she'll give everything, and she likes getting her head in front. So I, I really look. We can talk. We could talk about her all day long, but she could not have done any more than what she's done all season, and she has every right to be in a champion hurdle. Thank God they're going that way. It probably took a performance like she produced at the weekend to actually solidify that she has to go to a champion hurdle rather than a mayor's. Anything less than what she did, I think they'd be still humming and hawing about where to go. Mm. And um, I I just, I, I'm a huge fan and I'm, I'm, I, I'll follow her wherever she goes. I had to watch it all back because I was away at the weekend and I burst out laughing. Tracy Piggott asked, Tracy Piggott does the interviews in Ireland on RTE and um, she asked Eddie O'Leary, and, and you know, is it going to be the champion hurdle now? And he gives a very confident answer. And she goes, oh, great. And he goes, no, you didn't hear me. I said, if they allow us to run a gilding in the mayor's race, we'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Um, do you expect Rachel Blackmore, Sean Flanagan and Davy Russell to be wearing balaclavas and to be roughing up Barry Garrity, Kevin? No, 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 I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't expect that at all, to be honest. They'll be roughing them up. So if I gave you the choice right now, Kevin Blake, Bouvedere two to one, Apple's Jade nine to four, Lorena eleven to two. Who do you back? Um, it's not Lorena. It's not Lorena. It's a close run thing between Apple's and Bouvedere, and I'm probably just leaning towards Apple's. Only just though. Jane Mangan, how much of your heart is going on Apple's Jade at nine to four? Oh, sure. Look, Kevin's just being a negative Nancy. It's Apple's Jade all the way. Come on. She wins <laughs> easily. Easily she wins. Uh, speaking of easy wins. Uh, and she will go off favourite because like presenting Percy, she'll have the weight of every Irish punter on her. Well said, Jane Langan. Well said. Although presenting Percy won't win it, Bells Hill win, uh, will win. As he did in the Unibet Irish Gold Cup, Bells Hill wins all. It still stands. Nine years of age, um, probably his best performance. Just managed to get up to beat Road to Respect. It was a power pack day for Ruby Walsh. He had some brilliant rides that day, and this was very much up amongst them. Um, however, we have to take into account the ground, Jane. Uh, you were there. There were a number of non-runners, and album photo obviously came out. Annabelle Fly, Road to Respect almost came out. And um, in that sense, how do you rate this form and regard Belzil's performance? Um, I still think the two best horses turned up. I'm a, I like album photo. I, I know he's reliant on soft ground. Um, I like Annabelle Fly, who also prefers an ease. So the best two horses to operate on the conditions ran. And it was a belter of a race between the two. Um, Ruby, it was, it was tactically fascinating to watch. Ruby bounced out to go gallop. Sean wasn't happy with this with the gallop that it wasn't sufficient for his horse, so he went on quicker. And down the back, you could see Sean's horse really wasn't letting fly at his fences like he really can. Um, and and at the third last, he made a stupid error. The horse nearly stood into the middle of the fence, and Ruby was handed the initiative once again. It was a game of cat and mouse the whole way around, and it was only they were only separated by a short head at the line. It was a thrilling race to watch, and it, it only. As we always say, it only takes two horses to make a race, but it, it um, from a punter's point of view, isn't terribly informative. Like we know, both horses are talented. We both know we know both horses probably deserve their their place in a Gold Cup lineup. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think we saw the Gold Cup winner. Um, but ah, Ruby was Ruby at, this weekend has has just proven that he's still the best in the weigh room. And uh, he's a joy to watch. Absolutely. Ruby Walsh finished Kevin Blake. He's done at the game and then comes back with that fantastic performance at the weekend. Um, five wins from nine starts of offences for Bells Hill. He is clearly grade one class, but there was no Ken Boy who beat him. As James pointing out, all the significant non-runners in this race and the good ground as well. Was it an ideal prep for Cheltenham? Is he a main contender for the Gold Cup? And what did you make of the race itself? Um, look, a hard race the way up. A small field. You know, the firmest ground any of these horses will ever meet. I suspect officially good. Um, walked firmer than that. I think not many people have walked it would probably disagree with that. Um, hence why there were so many non-runners. And look, it's tricky. Look, road to respect. You can clearly and obviously make a case why road to respect might be the better of these two because his jumping went to pieces and tactically the race probably didn't suit him. Um, but Bells Hill, um, look, he was given a great ride by Ruby. I think a, a greater test of stamina 
would play to his strengths, whereas it wouldn't necessarily do so with road to respect. If you were to ask me who finishes in front in a gold cup on good to soft ground, I'd probably say Bells Hill. Um, but yeah, it's just it would be a difficult race for me to be really bullish about because the problem with a small field is you you've less evidence in front of you to bring together to try and put a, a, a number on it, and it just wouldn't be a surprise to me if the two of these were actually a little way below themselves and they just happen to finish up sides, if you know what I mean. So in terms of the Gold Cup itself, Ken Boy, uh, album photo, interestingly enough, Willie said, I'm prepared to wait until next year to get the right ground with him. He might not run well, again. Uh, well, I think that the chat is um, that he may go to Goran in uh, a week and a half for what will be the greatest ever renewal of the, 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 the Red Mills chase. Uh, presenting Percy, album photo, foot pad, uh, Annabelle Fly, Ed Wolf. They could all potentially turn up for it um, because they, they're running out of options. They've got the Red Mills chase or they've got the, the Denman chase at Newbury. Uh, and it would be, it seems that the rain is finally starting to arrive in this country. It would be a huge surprise if the ground isn't soft at Gorham Park. And, and I suspect an awful lot of these horses will turn up and will be treated to, to a proper race. Um, a little bit closer to Cheltenham than, than we're perhaps used to. What a day at Gorham Park that'll be, by the way, because there'll be the, the be hurdle there. as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, as I'll well. be there. Fantastic. Uh, from my local track. So the 10 to 1 about Belsil for the Gold Cup, does that interest you or are you prepared to wait? I don't mind it. If someone wants to have a go, I won't put them off, but it wouldn't be a bullish opinion. Look, the thing we, we can take from Bells Hill from this as well is confirmation of what we suspected after the Christmas chase that the, the whole lefty righty handed thing with him isn't isn't the thing. Hmm. Uh, going left handed isn't going to hold him back. Um he may on paper have a far superior record going right handed, but it looks like there's nothing really to it because he, he jumps straight again uh, in the main and it, it's not going to be something that'll be in my mind going to Cheltenham. Jane, would he be your selection for the Gold Cup or are you looking elsewhere? Uh, he's not really. Um, he, he's a very good horse. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a bit of a Jack Adam and that he'll run well without actually winning one. Um, but look, we see with oh, Lord Windermere. A knife into the heart of Kennedy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Why, Jane? Fan, but sure, look. Why would you? Do uh, that? We, we'll see. Um, he goes woman. there with every chance. <laughs> and if you asked me the year Lord Windermere and on his own went, I wouldn't have. I, I think he kind of fall, falls into a similar mould as them. Oh, um, both. Oh. But this this year's Gold Cup is probably a little bit better. I don't know. We haven't seen an awful lot of them. Clandesobo, we haven't seen since the King George. Thistlecrack, I don't see him winning a Gold Cup, but he no, ran very well so. in the King George. Native River needs to get back on track. He'd probably run in Newbury. And as Kevin says, we learn a lot in, in Gorn Park if they all turn up. Um it's great for the outside the big festivals uh, that these horses are, are being essentially forced to run in these races because the crowd below in Tremor when album photo total recall and invent, invitation only ran in the Savile Street it was a, a fantastic atmosphere so there's a little bit of positives to be taken to, from all these horses having to to, to take a, an unconventional route to the festival Um but to his credit, this horse, as I said on, on RTE, he's won a grade one uh, as a bumper horse, as a hurdler, and now two as a chaser. Like, that's a, a fair achievement. It's not many horses that are, are able to do the three, and he's holding his form well. Um, look, I honest to God don't know what to make of Ken Boy, 
because of the way the races run at Christmas. <coughs> he's definitely no back number, but Willie will probably run as many as he can in the Gold Cup uh, in, his, in, in his quest to try and finally win his first Gold Cup. But I'm not, um, I'm not particularly strong on any horse. I like presenting Percy, but we'll see um, when he goes over fences um, in the next f- fortnight um, how we go. And just one last point about Bells Hill before we move on, Kenners. It's, it's something worth noting with him that there, I know there was one a season that was an exception because he had a setback. But in the main, across his whole career, bumpers, hurdles, fences, he peaks in the spring. Yep. He, he has always peaked in the spring. Um, and he's taken, a, he seems, again, I know I said it, it's hard to put your finger exactly on it, but it seems like he's taken a nice step forward from the Christmas chase to the Irish Gold Cup. And it wouldn't be at all unreasonable to think that in terms of his, his form and his condition that he could take another step forward um, to Cheltenham and, and possibly even to Punchestown. I think the big thing with him, as long as he's okay having run on, on good ground, because that, that was proper good ground on Sundays, you were saying, you look at the Gold Cup market, Kemboy's in front of him, Clandis Oboe, does he stay three miles too? I'm not sure. Roach Respect, they're all in front of him. Native River. Native River really needs to win at the weekend. And even then it mightn't be enough because he hasn't looked himself. Uh, might does bite, he need to win? Might bite looks a shadow of the horse he was. Thistlecrack, not good enough. Um, like There's an awful lot of horses in front of him that have big questions to answer. And he doesn't have to have another prep run. Like presenting Percy has to come through another prep. He doesn't. It's it's he's ready and he's and it's done. I think that's that ten to one, twelve to one is very very fair, very fair. And the Bells Hill wins all T-shirts are available now from the Final Forum Podcast Store, and a deal at ninety five pounds. Uh, Min got the job done in the two mile chase. Kevin, uh, obviously there was no footpath, which was a shame, and he's gone off a very very short price favorite. But he can only beat what's put in front of him. We'll talk about the tragedy of the race uh, towards the end, but. Let's deal with the winner first of all. He's come away a six-length winner. Um, if Altior wasn't around, as Ruby was saying, he'd be a supreme novice hurdle winner and a champion chase winner. But he's he's a top-class racehorse. It's just a matter of finding the right target for him at Cheltenham. Actually, look, we, we don't need to say much about this. The race went to bits a little bit. Um, and and he won as his form entitled him to do. We know he's a, a much better horse than Ordinary World. We've known that for years, so we didn't learn anything. Uh, the Champion Chase is his race, and I'm sure he'll run another big race there, but he's not as good as Altior on, on Altior's day. Not even close. Do you not think that they'll then, on that notion, go for the Reiner? Nah, run him in the race that suits him best. And who knows, Altior could, could unseat his rider at the start. Who knows? I think you, ha- you have to run the horse and... In the race that suits them best, you can never be afraid of one. You never know what will happen in this great game. Um, I'd far rather him run in the Queen Mother and finish an honourable second than run in the Ryanair and uh, run too freely and be drunk up the hill. I suspect, Jane, they'll go for the race they think they can win, which is the Ryanair. They'll try and avoid LTR. Yeah, they'll, they'll leave their options open until the day before declaration and they'll see what, what way the Ryanair is shaping up. But with waiting patiently in a couple of horses um, likely to turn up in the Ryanair, uh, it, it's going to be no walkover either. So as Kevin says, a lot of people will avoid Altior and the, the Queen Mother could turn out to be uh, probably a race, maybe not a lot of strength and depth. I'm only pure speculating, but I'd imagine a lot of people will try 
to to avoid Altior and as a result the Ryanair might turn into a real competitive race. So I'd say they'll buy their time. He's a, a real he's a real money spinner this horse. He's a multiple grade one winner. I'd love to to have a horse like him, but uh, we didn't learn anything new about him at the weekend. It was just a race course gallop really. And it's gone badly wrong with St. Calvados, Kev. Um yeah, look he's he's run okay, just okay. And um, he may just as much. Like I don't think that would have been his ground. Uh, I really don't think it was. But but there you go. He he's run okay, but he needs to show that he's he's up to this sort of level. He hasn't. He made a great start at Nice, but he hasn't really followed that through just yet. And I think maybe softer ground would help him show us what he can really do. Henry Dronhead did a brilliant job with special tiara i know he was a horse that you were particularly fond of kevin you were tweeting that video of him jumping from one county into another he was a fantastic jumper and that was no way for him to go out um oh, he's gone out in the shield really sad um a horse you, you you wouldn't have to be um you know a real aficionado of the game to have taken a real liking to him everyone loves a, a bold jumping front runner uh, that tries as hard as he does and was capable of just making you ooh and ah so much. He he must have been an absolute joy to ride. Um, you know, it feels like he's been around forever and he's been around a long time, but um, he had some great days for his connections. The champion chase, of course, um, will perhaps be best known for the day that, that Dovan uh, was beaten at, at a short price, but geez, he stuck his head out that day and those couple of days around Kempton and Sandown, oh, stop, he was an absolute joy, but... I'm really, really sad to see it, um, but unfortunately, we we see some sad things in this game, and I just I felt really, really bad for his connections now because uh, he's a horse that you would have loved to. He's a horse that anyone would have loved to have had out in their paddock now for the next ten years, um, looking out and admiring because he's uh, he made a lot of people very happy in his in his life. Yeah, he certainly did. That champion chase victory for all that Duvan broke down that day and and didn't finish. It was just something else, and the way he managed to just get his nose on the line. He he had dogged determination. He was a brilliant jumper, and um, terrible loss for Henry Henry de Bromhead, Jane. Yeah, he he was one of those um, when when you go out and take your riders' arms and run with them. Uh, he was one of those horses. He had a great enthusiasm right right up until uh, the end. Um, he was a tremendously uh, charismatic horse to watch. And, you know, obviously everybody will talk about the champion chase, but he took the scalp of Sprinter Sacra and Sandown one day. Uh, he was third to dodging bullets in a Queen Mother. He was so uh, durable. Uh, it was just, uh, look, there's two ways to look at it. He, he went out doing the thing he loved. And um, I, I, my you know everybody involved with him anybody who was riding him out at home you know that that stable is a it's a big void to fill now yeah yeah things will be a little bit quiet around the henry de bromhead yard now because it's a huge blow when you lose a ho- any horse but particularly one like him and our thoughts go out to connections in particularly everybody at the henry de bromhead stable uh we'll move on to the novice hurdlers and uh tooting our own horn klaxon Kevin Blake has been telling you to back Classical Dream at 20 to 1 for the Supreme Novices Hurdle for years. He started. 33s, Kennedy. 25th. Did you get 33s? That was there. Only... After, after Christmas. There for ages. I only got 25s. How did you get 33s? Anyway, uh, Kevin's been talking about this horse since 2015. 
He's been telling everybody to go <laughs> this classical dream. Um, fair play, Kev. We're on one. We've got a live one. Uh, Willie was quoted afterwards as saying that he shows him an awful lot at home. He's beaten a grade one winner. I feel sorry for the connections to quick grab him because, God, he would have had a chance at least. But this was a terrific ride from Ruby Walsh and a performance that you imagine there'll be a bit, little bit more to come from, Kev. Um, yeah, he was good. Um, you know, I, I'm being greedy. I was kind of hoping he'd really stamp all over this field, to be honest. Um, but he's been given a no-nonsense ride by Ruby. He is a lovely, likable way of going. Um, really good jumping technique. Uh, travel great. Tried hard. Looked in trouble. Araman came there to beat him, having been given a quieter ride. Didn't help Paul Towner. Now hung left. And um, didn't look 100% straightforward, you'd have to say, in the finish. But Classical Dream um, made the best of that opportunity. Came back and nutted him. Uh, look, he'll for the year that's in it with the Supreme Novices hurdle, that in a year where the favourite has had one run on the racetrack and jumped four hurdles, I think having the likes of a Classical Dream in your corner, who's had seven runs over hurdles, loads of experience, clearly really forward, I think this will be a great year to have a fella like him in your corner uh, because there'll be plenty of the more fancied horses going to the Supreme Novices without a lot of experience and it might just catch them out given the, the nature of the race. Whereas one thing Classical Dream won't lack for is know-how and experience. Clearly has plenty of talent. Will be given a no-nonsense ride, I'd imagine, on the day. And uh, if you did finally listen and take some of the big prices, I think you, do, you, you are on a really live one. As short as 15 to 2, his best price is 8 to 1 now. Uh, I don't know how anybody would back Angel's Breath at 5 to 1 and 9 to 2, given his. Potentially runs this weekend. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Nicky comes up with another excuse. But yeah, he does potentially run at the weekend. Um, I love this performance from Classical Dream. And to me, Jane, he looks the most likely Supreme Novice Hurdle winner now. Yeah, I um, I'm going to throw a spanner at Tuvi. Oh, um, no, uh, don't Ar don't be don't be negative now, Jane. If Arman if Arman ran straight, he'd won, but of course he didn't, so he didn't. Um, I thought it was a good performance, as Kevin has alluded to. He has plenty of hurdling experience in France, so while the the race card in Ireland will tell you he's only won a maiden hurdle, he's done a lot more than that. He's ran a Grade One level as a three year old. Ruby was particularly brilliant on him as well. Um, I was impressed with Aramon in that I had it in my head that he was a speed horse that needed to be ridden off a slow pace and would quicken. But this was a strong gallop from start to finish and he was off the bridle down the bottom of Leopardstown and he had to fight. He hit the front and he didn't help Paul Town in one bit and he, he had the winning of the race and he threw it away in my book. And... It, there isn't a lot between these two horses and if they line up in the Supreme there won't be a lot between them and the price will be much bigger on Araman so if there is more improvement to come from Classical Dream yeah fair enough that that's probably there's probably more to come from him than Araman um, but at the same time if I was a member of the Supreme Racing Club I'd be particularly proud of Araman in, in what he did um, because he really had to show guts and determination and he went down he went down fighting and they're having a fantastic season as well. Um, the owner was in tears afterwards because he he owned this horse with his best friend who passed away 
in the summer and their dream was to have a winner at Cheltenham or at least a runner at Cheltenham and um, it just got a bit much for him and it was just a lovely interview in RTE afterwards with him um, talking about his friend and, and how much this means to him and hopefully he will win at Cheltenham. Um, you were making the point in RTE, Jane, that the fact that Ruby was getting off a grade one winner to go and ride a novice hurdle winner said an awful lot and then Ru- Willie Mullins backed that up both Ruby and Willie backed that up and Willie said that he shows him an awful lot at home so there probably is a bit more to come from this one yeah and you know Ruby he has a lot of tough decisions to make and he rarely gets it wrong so if um, we, we often hear the stories of horses not showing us much at home it's refreshing to see that trainers do tell us when a horse is showing him an awful lot at home as well um, it's 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 the novice hurdle division is is very um, uh, it, it's a bit abstract at the moment. So it's nice to see a horse go and do it, especially when the market is speaking in their favour. They pull clear of Vision Donner, who has quite a good reputation from Gordon Elliott Stable. I wonder if Vision Donner would have benefited from um, going out and trip maybe to the Ballymore trip because um, these two quickened away from him and showed a clean pair of heels. He looked a small bit one-paced in grade one company. So I'd wonder if they if they went out to the Ballymore trip with him, it might help. Um, but take nothing away. Look, Ru- Ruby, um, I thought, just was particularly brilliant and had the benefit of the rail. So while things all went right for Classical Dream and Aramon did a few things wrong, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Willie Mullins has two real live chances in the Supreme. Exceptional ride from Ruby Walsh. You made a good point in RTE as well, Jane, uh, that if Paul Townend hadn't corrected himself, he'd have lost the race. Whereas in the UK, he'd have been able to keep it. But in Ireland, he would have been throwing out for that kind of activity. Um, the Delight Hurdle got broken up two years ago. So it's now that two-mile grade one and the two-mile six grade one on the day before, which was won oh, by Commander of Fleet. I go sigh because Rhinestone ran one hell of a race, Kevin Blake. One hell of a race he ran. Uh, but Commander of Fleet looks a, a proper stayer, Jane, for the Elliott team. They've kind of been intimating that for a while. Kevin put up Commander of Fleet on, on the podcast um, while then siding with Rhinestone as a, as a bet. But both horses look pretty Dutch them. Uh, both horses look pretty exciting, Jane. Yeah, this was interesting to watch, actually, because the last hurdle being omitted um, kind of sucked riders into starting their race earlier than they ordinarily would. The races were starting to get heated at the bottom of the back straight because the final hurdle was, you know, the second last uh, where it is normally the second last. So Jack Kennedy and, and Mark were, were going hammer and tongs, I thought, from four furlongs out. And I wondered, were they, were they going to maintain it? And they did. It was a very good performance from both Rhinestone and Commander of Fleet um, because they, just, they, they, they showed stamina and abundance. This was two miles six, but I'd say the, the two of them will have no problem getting three miles. And uh, I, I, I was waiting for Commander of Fleet to do something like this because when you see a horse win a Land Rover, a competitive Land Rover bumper, as he did, and he showed pace that day, um, he was blatantly on the wrong side of a tactical battle in the Royal Bond when he was no match for Quick Grabham in that stupid forerunner race. Um, <laughs> like, it, it, it actually, it's not a stupid race. That's a stupid thing to say. But, like, Armand, Quick Grabham and Triplicate were in front of him. 
but he, he was there was no pace. It turned into a sprint, and he was just left for dead. Um, this was much more like it, and obviously he was declared for the Grade One at Nace and pulled out. I'd say he he might have been pulled out because um, a certain battle over Doyen was on was there on the day as well. So they split them up and they got two grade ones and Kevin Blake will have a nice time deciding where Rhinestone goes, the Ballymore or the Albert Bartlett. Or the Martin Pipe. Um, no, the, uh, like Jane says now, they kind of got racing a long way out here, didn't they? And it was it was a real battle and the two of them had a, had a hard enough race now, but Commander of Fleet was best on the day, stays really well. Um, sure, look, the, the, both sets of connections will have plenty of um, balls to juggle in the novice hurdle division uh, wouldn't be a shock to me if both of them end up in the Albert Bartlett but um, these decisions won't be made until much closer to the time I think the two of them stay very well and uh, they both advance themselves in, in doing what they did here um, don't think we'll look back on this as was the case last year I think it's fair to say we won't look back on this thinking that it's electric grade one form but um, two good horses that tried very hard and a commander of fleet won fair and square on the day. Would you consider the handicap option with Rhinestone Kev, or is it all about grade ones with him? Um, you'd wonder would he have the experience for it for one of those big handicaps. He got a rating today of one four one in Ireland, so he'd be he'd be high enough wherever he went. But uh, you know, my inclination would be to keep him to novice company, but. Um, sure the lads will have a look and see what they think the champion bumper isn't exactly working out brilliantly I know Felix Deji did win the other day but Relegate was the winner of that race she's staying on quite well towards the end but that's about the best you could say about her performance Kev um, yeah jumping is a bit of an issue for her um, she got herself detached here and flew home I'm sure look you run her over the longest strip you can get and hope her jumping holds up but um Jumping is the problem right now, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, you wouldn't exactly be trusting her too much. I'll tell you who you will be trusting, though, Sir Eric. So you were saying that he was number one in the pecking order. Fakir Dudari came out and did what he did at Cheltenham, and it was up to Sir Eric to go and, and solidify his position, and that's exactly what he's done. And not only has he done it, Joseph O'Brien has landed as the straight forecast as well. A by Kevin Blake. Gardens of Babylon, who was a wild price, to quote you, uh, landed the each-way touch, but more importantly, landed the straight forecast as well. Um, Mark Walsh rode Sir Eric. Will that be his ride at Cheltenham then as well, do you think? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know how it's going to work out at Cheltenham in terms of who rides what. Um, plenty of time to work that out. But you'd be delighted with what Sir Eric did here because he looked the promise. We, we all knew he was a good horse before he ever went hurdling. And it was a case of translating it. And he didn't do everything right on hurling debut. And he still managed to win. And I was just looking and hoping that he, he would step forward in a number of different regards here. And he did. Um, and it wasn't ideal now because it wasn't... You wouldn't set out to make the running with him really. But there was no pace in the race. And it was a case of, of drop him in and uh, deal with a, a sit and sprint situation or make his own running. He's a horse that, look, his flat form will tell you he stays very well. Um, a sit and sprint wouldn't, wouldn't have suited him. So Mark jumped him off, uh, nicked a few lengths at the start and made the run and dictated um, uncontested lead. And look, his jumping was the most important thing. It was very good, I thought. It only got better as the race went. When the race hotted up, he was even better. And uh, he was just in control every step of the way. 
Um, if you take in the, the short odds, you were never really concerned, I'd say. Um, always looked to be going like the winner and was good and strong up the run in. And yeah, look, he's triumph hurdle fav. I think that's fair enough that he is. This was a lovely step in the right direction. Um, I think uh, easier ground would certainly be a help to him. Uh, a stronger test of stamina would definitely suit him better. And yeah, this this would this would have you pretty excited now. And uh, and back in second, Gardens of Babylon ran a lovely race himself. Just didn't didn't jump as well as Sir Eric, but I was doing good work at the finish. And uh, looks like a horse that's going the right way and, and should have more improvement in him too. Jane, tactically, it was a fascinating race. Jack Kennedy wouldn't open the door for Ruby, which uh, I'm sure Ruby had a word with him afterwards. I don't think it would have made a difference to the results. So Eric has, has stayed on really well. Aside from that mistake three out, he's jumped electrically. And he's a worthy favorite for the Triumph Hurdle now. Yeah, he's... Um the Triumph Hurdle is usually a race I like to avoid and punters is the same because there's a lot of horses maybe closely matched. This horse is streets ahead and he, for a horse to come off the flat and be as professional as he has been is a testament to his constitution. He jumps well, he relaxes, he's never really done anything untoward to make you worry about him going to the big heavy atmosphere of Cheltenham um, he's all class realistically if he was in any other ownership on the flat he'd be starting off in the Savile Bag with the Ascot Gold Cup as his aim we're very lucky that he's come hurdling because we can see how good he is over hurdles um, for me I talk coming into the weekend Ireland had the winner of the Triumph Hurdle and I think we saw him on Sunday Oh, I like that. And, and, and still, uh, still a full horse as well, Jay. Yeah, you know, Kevin, it's a, it's what's, a real... the, what's the thought process there? Why wasn't he gelded? It didn't need to be. He's a, he's a really straightforward horse. Look, he's, he's a potential group one horse on the flat. Um, I, you know, not really one to discuss at the minute, like, but you'd imagine it would be strongly considered that he'd go back to the flat at some stage. And uh, and who knows? He could end up being a stallion someday. You know, he's he doesn't he doesn't need to be gelded. He's really, you know, for a, a grandson of Monjou, like he's super straightforward, super straightforward, um, no problems whatsoever in any regard. And uh, so, who knows? There could be an interesting future ahead for him. <laughs> well, the interesting thing, and, uh, the interesting thing in that regard then is that the last time I remember this was nickname, who's become a pretty damn good stallion and, and made a good name for himself in Ireland. And that was over fences. So, like, what's it can it, be done? Has a great man. It, it can be done, and Kevin Blake's book is available at obscene <laughs> prices on Amazon. One hundred and fifty quid, Kevin. Ridiculous. Uh, anyway, what are you on about? Somebody's selling your book for one hundred and fifty <laughs> quid on Amazon. Good luck to us. <laughs> so, was the thought process that well, if he doesn't take to jumping, he's too good. We'll bring him back to the flat, or? Or is it actually? He just, did, a piece he, just of... he just didn't need to be. He just I wouldn't overthink it. He just didn't need to be. Um, and look, with, with, with all the promise he's shown in the flat, um, if he didn't need to be, why would you? That's remarkable, Jane. That that a horse with his meat and two veg can go out there and jump hurdles and not be worried about what might happen. Um, <laughs> stop. I I I I think we we um we should always learn from people. Uh, generations past and it wasn't uncommon in my grandfather's generation 
that good horses jumped and um, I think Mr. Magner's father, Thomas, stood for Tina in Grange and was he the only entire horse to win the Gold Cup? Good shout. So, yeah. Good shout. These, these... Yeah, Comanche, um, Comanche courses, it was finished up an entire thing, didn't he? He, he, he was never gelded. Good point. Yeah, it's, as it's, far as, as as far as I know, Alderbrook. Yeah, yeah. No, there's been there's been quite a few. There's been quite a few. It's just strange when you see it. Uh, it's very common in France. A heap of sires in France would have raced over jumps. Yeah, we just don't see it here. I think that's what's got people on the back foot that they're like, "Whoa, that must be a mystery." It just takes one person to change it, and it'll be considered the norm. Yeah. So Sir Eric, a full horse. Hopefully he won't get too distracted by Phillies down at the start. Jane is of the view that he wins the Triumph Hurdle. Kevin? Uh, he's in the driving seat right now, isn't he? Um, like, to be fair, like what Fakir did was very impressive as well. And I know if the, the Times boys would probably have Fakir ahead of Sir Eric. Um, I think they're... they're uh, yeah, like, they're, they're, two, they're two very different horses, but they're two very good candidates for the race. Any chance Fakir do the Derries will run in the Supreme? Uh, as a great man once said, it's a definite possibility. Oh, <laughs> I would, I would, I would do that. <laughs> I would do that because he's not going to beat Sir Eric. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't be too bullish. <laughs> now they're two, they're two good candidates for it. But um, if you were going to do it, he'd be a, a very nice candidate to do it. We, we spoke about when speaking about classical dream. We spoke about the value of, of experience in this year's Supreme in particular and like despite being a four-year-old you know Fakir has plenty of experience he's had a few runs over fences uh, as well as a few over hurdles you know he's a very forward type uh, I think and it's something I think we'll hear talked about more and more closer we get to Cheltenham I, if uh, if there isn't water coming out of the sky I suspect they'll water the absolute you-know-what out of Cheltenham for the first day and we might well get the softest ground uh, of the week on the first day and with Fakir watch him gallop he's got a big pronounced knee action uh, the softer the ground the better he'll be I suspect so that comes into the mix as well look he's been given an entry though. I think Joseph might have entered four four year olds in the in the Supreme so if they all got there healthy it would be a very serious conversation to have but it won't be had until we get there because you know what these horses are like uh, one of them could have a little setback in the morning and it would make all the talk um, pointless. So we'll we'll get them there in one piece and then make a shout then. And they've changed the rules now. If you declare for one race at Cheltenham, that's it. That's the only race you can run in. They'll pull you from anything else. So we can't have. Yeah, don't don't like that. Fakir could have won. Could have won the the Supreme and the Triumph. Well, tough, <laughs> tough. But we won't be left in the Min situation of, uh, or the Duvan situation of him being declared for the Champion Chase and still in the betting for the Ryanair the next day, even though he's back in Ireland. And, yeah, that's, uh, not, not, I'm, not, I'm a bit in two minds over that rule. I can see the intention of it. Um, I can, you certainly want to rule out situations where people have those kind of, where they declare them, kind of, they're never going to run them, they declare them anyway. You know, but a situation like this would say, let's say, let's say for argument's sake, purely hypothetical, Fakir um, was declared for the Supreme and uh, he got hampered at the start and unseated or unseated at the first or something odd happened, and he didn't have a race, there's no longer the option there to declare him for the Friday. Um, and I think that's that's a bit unreasonable. 
Um, I think why would you make that exception for Cheltenham that you wouldn't make any place else? Uh, I, I can see what they're thinking, and I just the, the cynic in me is thinking that it's just this this mad fluffy pink bunny welfare agenda that there seems to be going on in the BHA at the minute that they're trying to avoid um, prevent a potential PR storm if a horse ran uh, if a horse fell on the first day and ran on the Friday and came back hurt and you've got all the the fluffy bunny crew saying oh he shouldn't have run on the, on the second day you know I, I I would hope that's not it I suspect that's what it is but. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, I don't know. There's, there's, and we've seen it on Twitter in the last couple of days. The likes of Rory and others have been referring back to the many, many cases that horses ran twice in the week at Cheltenham. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them, uh, when we had a three day festival, never mind a four day. Um, so removing that option, I, 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 I personally, I probably wouldn't agree with it on balance. But, but there we go, uh, as another great man once said. Jane, your view on the changes to Cheltenham? Um, no need for it and I don't I think the BHA um, they should really consult the parties that it affects uh, before they make these changes it's like when they went and uh, changed the rule for having making it compulsory to have four shoes on a horse's feet um, and they said they did all this research but they never published the research they said they consulted trainers but no trainer came forward to say they were consulted um, I find this a bit not not unnecessary. I appreciate the the angle that a horse is in the betting for another race, um, but there's two sides to every story, and Kevin has um, illustrated the best example of a horse running on Tuesday. Uh, something uncharacteristic goes wrong. He should be allowed to run on Friday. Um, there's no point in getting into it because the BHA are just tremendously frustrating, and it would just be um, an argument that we're not going to win. There was a, a conference recently, the Horse Racing Industry Conference, which took place in the University of Liverpool, where British racing has been urged to be more proactive in defending the ethical argument in favour of staging the sport in the face of increasing criticism from outside forces. A piece in the Racing Post today. So, in other words, feck off, um, whatever his name is, who's always buttoned into sports. That what, What's the fellow from the Times? The ping pong guy. I don't, don't mention his name again. We've we've had enough of that. The ping pong. He's literally called yeah, the ping pong yeah. guy. He's yeah, on. The, we, he's on we, a we, podcast. We don't need to give him any more. Yeah. Any more oxygen. Yeah. He decided to have another pop at racing there a while ago. Go off. Yeah, who cares? Go off and reform ping pong. You go. Uh, La Bagawa came over to Ireland for Warren Greatrix, and her her job was made easier, obviously, by the withdrawal of Delta Work due to unsuitable ground, which was a shame we didn't get to see him, but we did get to see her. She's a great home winner at Kempton, uh, winning the Cotto Star, and she's come to Ireland and won this, and and done it quite well too, Jane. Um, If you've got a horse, come over here and race. You can pick up a nice few quid and 73,000 euros heading back to the UK for Warren Greatrix, which I think is now worth half a million pounds. So um, well done to, to her connections. And she looks a right one as well. She is. And yeah, I think everybody connected with her deserves great credit for bringing her over. It's it's all well and good um, to condemn the level of prize money in Britain. It is pitiful. But of course, nobody is stopping them from coming over and playing ball on our side. And very often people uh they say oh well the irish horses are too good that's not that's that's not a good argument at all this this mare is top drawer i know delta work came out but she was going to give him plenty to think about anyway uh she was 
higher rated than him on, on over hurdles. She was seven pounds superior to him over hurdles. And now she's four from four on fences. She was um, she was very good. It uh, it wasn't the the most competitive race in hindsight. Obviously, Kaiser Black, Pat Doyle, um, he admitted after that they rode that horse for a place uh, and they got a place. But it, as the race transpired, they they would have ridden him closer to try and give the mare more of a race. But I don't think it would have made a whole pile of difference. It was a pity Winter Escape burst a blood vessel mm. uh, because turning in. I thought he had a chance and when he petered out I was genuinely disappointed because the one thing I thought he would do is stay galloping but he had an excuse afterwards and it's always difficult to come back when you burst a blood vessel um, on your next start. So it'll be interesting to see where Aidan Howard decides to go with him. But uh, the mayor is very, very good and it um, it took a pair of cojones to come over and I'm especially with Nakanoot Falling early in the race and simply Ned being withdrawn without a run. It was great to see uh, British Connections get their just rewards. Over in Sandown, Kevin, we saw Deffy Desoy uh, continuing his winning ways. Vindication's bubble got burst, but this was a very fine performance from Britain's representative Labagawa. Great for Warren Greatrix. He was very excited about coming over to the Dublin Racing Festival. And hopefully we will see more UK trainers come over next year, as Jaina said. No, absolutely. I was, I was delighted for him. I, I met Warren uh, the evening before during the rugby, actually, and uh, he, he was in great spirits and you know really excited about the challenge that lay ahead. And uh, like you say, it's just it's just admirable. Um, it's not easy for for the British to come over. I suppose you know the attitude being we can't beat them in our own backyard in the Cheltenham. Why would we chance coming over here? But look, history has shown that those that are brave enough to come over do very well you know including in handicaps heaven forbid <clears throat> um, at the likes of, at the likes of the Punchestown Festival um, so look I, w- I was delighted she's a lovely mayor fences have really made her I think they've made her a bit more um, a, a small bit more sensible but she's very very tough and uh, I was delighted for them I, I know she's a, an English horse coming over but I was certainly giving her the biggest the biggest roar of the whole lot and uh, delighted for her connections I hope they had a, a great time it was a real adventure for them, I'm sure, and they got a big reward at the end of it. Um, I don't think we're going to see her at Cheltenham, but we look forward to seeing her at Aintree. Yes. Do you, are you surprised at that, that they're not going to go to Cheltenham? Oh, good luck to them. Good luck to them. You know, if they don't think the track is ideal for her, um, you know, no one's obliged to run at Cheltenham, mm. especially if they, they don't think it suits. I think it's admirable that they would uh, be not dictated to by, by I suppose, the, the rest of our... Uh, ambitions and standards if you will and uh, she'll go to Aintree a fresh horse and if she meets the Cheltenham winner there um, I'm sure she'll, she'll give him a right go yeah and she could of course come to Punchestown then as well hopefully yeah that'd be, be super hopefully they have a taste for it and we'll be back again so whoever whoever faces her at Aintree is going to have quite the task um, Delta Work didn't get to show what he can do Kev what is the alternative plan with him or will he just go straight there straight to Cheltenham as far as I'm aware alright are you concerned about that for him no, no, not at all. Um, he, he's a very solid horse. I'm sure Gordon will will find uh, will find a race course gallop for him or a schooling race between now and then, and he'll be he'll be just fine. He'll get no better man than Gordon to get him there in top order. Well, we'll stay with you, Kev, because the other novice chase was the Frank Ward Solicitors Arkle Novice Chase, where Larishberg destroyed the opposition and led home a one-two for Joseph O'Brien. Again, and a lot of final Furlong podcast listeners have started investing in the straight forecast 
which was 13 to 1 on the Richburg and us and them. He's very, very exciting. And to me, I know you were saying beforehand that he's your idea of the Arkle winner. He's absolutely my idea of the Arkle winner now. Yeah, look, he consolidated uh, what he'd done before. Uh, look, the race certainly went to bits a little bit. A couple of non-runners, a couple of fallers. Um, he probably didn't do a whole lot more than he than he did the time before. Um, but you, you just have to like the way which he goes about it. Um, again, the race panned out nicely for him. I thought it might pan out even 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 better for him. Um, not, not the noose falling early on probably wasn't a help to him because... Uh, the faster they go in front of him, the better he'll be. Uh, and look, his jumping was very good. The, I think the, 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 th- the thought was to deliver him a little bit later than, than he had been at Christmas time. And Mark rode him with loads of confidence. And as soon as he landed over the last, he was very, very strong. And yeah, look, he, he's the one to beat in the Arkle for me. Um, has been in my mind for a little while now. And um, really the biggest concern I'd have about his Arkle chance would be what I mentioned earlier on in that I would be fearful, well, well fearful in his case that the Cheltenham authorities will, will put too much water down if there's no rain um, on that first day. And we might end up with softer than ideal ground because this lad bounces off good ground. And um, as we saw in his novice hurdle campaign, he just struggles a small bit when it's soft. So really, that's my only concern because I think he's he's shown in his last two starts that he, that he is rock solid um, at this level in these conditions. Uh, the faster they go, the better. And you'd imagine, hopefully, the likes of uh, Nachmanus will was okay after this, and there was a heavy old fall. Hopefully, he'll come back and run in the Arkle, and uh, because the more uh, <laughs> the more front runners there are in the race, and uh, the happier I'd certainly be for the Richburg. Mengli Khan has fallen to pieces. Disappointing now. Yeah, they rode him a little bit more forwardly as I thought they might, but uh, disappointing. Disappointing. No dressing that one up, unfortunately. Um, Austin Emmer had a super race, just yeah. to mention him quickly. He, he continues to do everything right. He, he jumps great. I mean, a little mistake at one, but he jumps great. Stuck on well, did nothing wrong. He's just not as good as Larishberg, um at the minute, but a, a lovely horse in his own right. Crashing fall for Void de Rev. Memories of his Fred Winter fall. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, Paul uh, Townend face first oh, into the ground. Man. I, Jesus. I, I met him go walking into the races the following day and his, his nose was wrapped up a bit. I said, geez, that was some slap he got yesterday. And he said, yeah, probably wasn't the best idea to go face first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he got some slap on that ground oh, as well. Man. Jesus tough it just goes to show you how tough they are and i think it was declan ricks who said in the podcast recently that jamie moore is a mad bastard uh not nanus is a mad bastard that was absolutely mental what went on he was making a burst for the wrong course and then just went flying through the railings and absolutely chaos uh your assessment of the race jane mangan it was good i was um very I suppose I, I was I was pleased Larishberg did what he did because I was hoping he would. Um Mangley can, yes, he's gone down in a few estimations. And us and them, he's very admirable. He's just unlucky that there is a horse of Larishberg's class around at the same time as him. Uh, he'd have two grade one wins to his name only for that. Um Vaudurev 
was taking on Nakanoose over the first and obviously Nakanoose departed the second, but it was an interesting change of tactic. They were going lickety split. Um, and eventually Nakanoose got in so deep to the second that he couldn't couldn't get his landing gear. He was completely landing vertically towards the ground. Um, but the, the race kind of fell apart, as as you said, like Vodorev couldn't maintain that pace. Uh, coming to the last, he was coming back and Mark just got a nice slot up the inside. It. Uh, I don't think we learned or Kevin says he's danger good ground. We've seen him to great effect on that terrain this year and uh, he's he's just he's very very good uh, question for Kevin us and them wasn't given an entry for the JLT so is he going to go the article um, I'd say uh, it hasn't been discussed yet now but I, I'd be suggesting he might get an entry in the Grand Annual as well as the article oh, oh, uh, okay. just just to see um, he, he'd be rated high enough if, actually. if the ground came up soft in the article now he could take his chance he's a good horse but uh, it's just unfortunate that you know he, he's going to play second fiddle to Larishburg every day they meet yeah quite possibly quite possibly but uh, look also he is what he is uh, he's, he does everything right but he's just fallen a shade short at the minute and um, he's got a rating of 152 in Ireland today or yesterday I should say so um, that's plenty but but we'll see we'll see he'll, I, look if you put a gun to the old cow and he'll, he'll probably end up in the article but sure look time will tell yeah yeah he <laughs> wouldn't be far off top weight the poor figure back, back me too here we go He's a good horse, though, isn't he? You'd like, uh, you know, to have a horse like him is is decent. Yeah, he's just a proper two mile chaser. He, he has a pop at his fences. Like he, he's he's lovely. He's come forward for fences. I think in quite a big way. And yeah, no, you you'd love him, but he just unfortunately he's just there's just one or two that are better than him at the minute. And of course, the Grand Annual will no longer be the last race at Cheltenham. It'll be the second last race. It won't be the Get Out Stakes. The Get Out Stakes is now the the Martin Pipe. So, could Joseph O'Brien be providing us with a, a winner in the Grand Annual? Hope well, I, I'm just I'm just looking at it here. The, the last six top weights for the Grand Annual were 154, 154, 152, 153, 154. So, if he's 152 in Ireland, like he's going to be 157 in England, maybe maybe one or two higher. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I suppose given given just speaking aloud, because like I say, this hasn't been talked about yet, but. I'd say if you weighed up the, the pros and cons, uh, running in the article would probably be more attractive than carrying near top weight in the Grand Annual. 100 grand each way there in the Grand Annual, Charlotte. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, N.Y. Allen, to round, round things off, another fine run from Joseph Ryan's horse, Meticulous, the son of refinement, has run an absolute stormer under Barry O'Neill, uh, a horse that we talked about beforehand, so hopefully you took notice. Um, it was a big, big price, went off 20s, but N.Y. Allen is the one who will get all the headlines. He just about did it, Jane. I suspect that he's a horse who is still learning the game, but he deserves to be favoured for the champion bumper now. Uh, he does. He's the best form. He's a great two winner now. Uh, he's a very big horse, quite a robust, as Gordon t- tends to, to buy a big chasing type. Um, he was tremendously inconvenienced, I think, by the ground conditions he would definitely be seen to better effect on slower conditions. And he did, all he can do is win. I was never worried that he wouldn't win, but I thought that he'd perhaps quicken away a bit better. But such was the, the ground, like meticulous one in Killarney. 
And I'd say it was closer to Killarney ground than any kind of winter ground. So it uh, it was a good performance. He's a very, very good horse. And going forward, he's exciting for connections. But I'm sure Chivalry Park got into this game to have runners at the big festivals. Um, so he's likely to have to line up there because his stable mate Malone Road won't make that due to injury. So um, it, it, he's a very good horse. And... Um, he didn't do much to dispel the confidence you'd have in him all winter. Gordon's got some team for the champion bumper, Kevin. Andy Dufresne from uh, his yard of Shawshank Redemption Fane looked very, very good at Down Royal, but it's all about Envoy Alon, really. And as Jane said, he's a great two winner going to Cheltenham. He's rightly favourite. Um, you say that, like, look, clearly, smash the horse. Um, gorgeous to look at. Very talented. But that doesn't necessarily add up the champion bumper winner. Um, there might be some sharper types than him there now, and it might just catch him out. I, I wouldn't be lashing into him now for a champion bumper. Um, Jamie gave him a very safety first ride here and gave the outside to no one. Would have covered a fair bit more ground now than the likes of Meticulous, who, who I know didn't get the clearest of runs um, on the home bend, but he was um, hugging Z-Rail the whole way. Um, so yeah look he, he was he was good wouldn't have blown you away visually but I'll forgive him that given that he had such a wide passage but I just wouldn't be dancing about him for the champion bumper I just wouldn't I would be fearful now of him going there because that's a have you ridden in the champion bumper Jen? you would have at some stage no? no I didn't ride in uh, in the Cheltenham one I won the Punchestown one but not not ridden in the Cheltenham one but they tend to it tends to be very tactical he he yeah, would geez. prefer to to come off a real strong strong pace. If it turned into a sprint, you you'd be jumping jumping ship. Yeah, you'd just be worried that he he get shuffled away, and you know, jeez, like you want to need to talk to the likes of Pat Smullen now or Fallon or some of those flat boys that rode in the race. They came in like they'd seen a ghost. You know, it's very rough, and it, it, there's no prisoners taken, and you need a, a horse with loads of know how and. And to be really sharp, and I just don't know if that's him. He's a he's a big chaser, you know. And uh, I know big chasers have won the race before, but I just I'd be I'm sure he'll be a short enough price now. And I just would be, you know, if if he went and won it, you'd be super excited. But in terms of a betting proposition, he wouldn't appeal to me. In around seven to two, he is now. You must have been thrilled with Meticulous. Yeah, I ran a lovely race. Ran a lovely race. Um, was well covered up there and he was just following the wrong one. He was following another one of Joseph's called Ash Hill that was making the running and um, Ash Hill was done with a long way out and basically fell back into Meticulous, into the lap of Meticulous and he ended up getting shuffled back and um, look, he's finished off the race to very good effect. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be happy with him and uh, I'd say he could potentially go to Cheltenham now and you suspect that the stronger tests of stamina would suit him uh, his, his mammy ran very well in the race a couple of times. One of those under Fallon, you might remember. Yeah, oh, he gave um, her an absolutely shocking ride. <laughs> he said it himself. He said that was one of my worst ever rides that horse should have won. And then she was second a year later. Yeah, 15 years ago, she was second uh, for the first time when Barry Garrity rode her. And then she went back under Fallon the following year and finished fourth. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he could potentially go there. And um, the the stronger test of stamina would suit. Yeah, I was pretty happy with him. Now, slightly surprised. Was kind of hoping to run all right, but he ran very well in the end. So, eight horses who ran at the Dublin Racing Festival last year went on to the Cheltenham Festival and won. 
So I will ask both of you for your list of horses that you are <laughs> expecting to run list. very well at Cheltenham. You can choose the quantity yourselves. And I'll start with well, Jane. Well, uh, Jane, Jane, did Emmett not tell you about this in our, in our pre-production meeting? Do you not, do you not have this prepared? Oh, I, 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 uh, I have this prepared <laughs> since last year. <laughs> So Kennedy with the, ra- with the rabbits being pulled out of hats all over the place who are you looking forward to most and who do you think could replicate that form from last year eight horses around the Dublin Racing Festival went on to succeed at Cheltenham who do you think could follow that trend uh, well it's very easy right to say Lariesberg, Sereric, Apples Jade like everybody will know that that's a boring selection like the one you really should be looking for is Delta Work finished fourth in handicap there last year uh, to Off You Go and then he came out and obviously won the Pretemps and that's the kind of horse that people will really want to try and find and if Relegate can can iron out her jumping she jumps up into the sky she doesn't use her back at all and I don't know if that's a physical issue or it's just the fact that she just will never be able to do it but she ran with great credit once the jumping was over and if she can get all together the the mayor's novice hurdle she'll go very close oh I like that I like that Kevin yeah like outside of the obvious ones so you have to be backed into uh, a corner now by Jane with her opening well, not really <laughs> you can't be saying uh, Sir Eric classic they're all very obvious you've got to go a little bit more well, you, you asked the question that lends itself to very obvious answers. <laughs> well, all right. Go for the obvious one. Go against you. Know, well, no, I'll, I'll give you one for Cheltenham 2020. Oh, gee, no. On, Sir Eric for the champion. Yeah. No, Vision Donair for the, for the article. Yeah, anyway, for this year. Okay, clip that up down, lads. We'll save that for the next year. <laughs> Mike, you look like a right genius Mike Ward <laughs> clip that save it for, for next year and then when he's the odds on favourite going into the Oracle we can say that Kevin did it in the Dublin Racing Festival <laughs> review for now Kevin um, I was sure, look, you'd be, you would have been delighted with, with Sir Eric Larishberg Apples Jade look all oh, the obvious ones Classical Dream uh, is probably the biggest price of the obvious ones mm. that you could take forward. And while he didn't win by as far as I, I hoped he would, I'd still be very, very hopeful that, that he'd be in the mix uh, for the first race of the festival. Anything else? I wonder would they be in, and they probably wouldn't now because the the mayor's novice would be such an obvious option. But you wonder, might they be tempted to chance relegate in a handicap? Just because if she put it together, she'd be well treated because she's clearly been held back by her jumping so far. And if she put it together, she'd be ahead of her mark. But when the mayor's novice is there, the, the, the one thing, the mayor's novice could be short enough for her too, you know? They could run her. Could they not go for the potato race with her? I mean, she won't win that though, is she? Really? Is there, yeah. is there a real star in that race though? Well, well, like she's an awful lot of ground to find up on Commander of Fleet and and Rhinestone if she does go that route. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to suggest why they won't get better again because they're not after r- running too many times this year. True. Let me just see if they give her a mark for the crack. Hold on, here we are. Owens relegated. I think Willie Willie has won the the Mayor's Novice every year. It's since its inauguration. Every year so it's there, yeah. It, it, it's it's either my sister Sarah or relegate at this stage. I think. 
They haven't given her a mark yet, but I, I suspect it to be somewhere around the high 130s, which would get her into most of the handicaps. If they wanted to go, but they probably wouldn't. I'm just, again, thinking out loud. Tell you what, she's 14 to 1 for the Mare's Novice Hurdle. Um, would the yeah. obvious handicap be the Martin Pipe, Kev? Yeah, probably. Probably. That, that track would probably suit her better than the, the new course, would probably suit her better than the old course. Uh, less jumping in the latter stages. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, again, thinking aloud, um, running your, your three-time race novice hurdle that has jumping issues and a handicap rather than a novice race probably isn't conducive to a good time. But if she put it together, she'd, she'd surely be well handicapped off kind of high 130s given the uh, given the, the strength of her bumper form. I don't think she's even entered. For, or Well, she might be entered, but she's not priced up. I see for Rhin- which for the Martin Pipe I see Rhinestone's 20 yeah they, they wouldn't be the entries don't close for that for, that, for, that, for those for a while hmm. somebody Carl add relegate to your Martin Pipe list and and put her in at a fair price now a fair <laughs> price that we can have a right crack at uh, and let's see what we can not, do not run her no bet <laughs> and do not run her no bet as well yeah just just not run her no bet for, for, for relegate nobody else just her <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and put her in at a, at a decent price and we'll have an old swing at her. Um, Apple's Jade wins the champion hurdle, I think. I think she just goes and wins it. Uh, they're right there, Captain Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think Classical Dream wins the Supreme. There we go, we'll take that. Yeah, I'll take the 8-1 to one about him and Sir Eric will win the Triumph. There's your patent. Get on it. Yeah, the, the handicaps, I think. I think they all close this day two weeks. Excellent. Um, after, after tapping me, Keown. Put Larishberg in and put in Bells Hill and do a lucky 31 and I'll see you in Dubai. Oh, Jesus. And, and I can confirm that I already have that done. Classical oh, Dream, oh. Larishberg, Paisley Park, Bells Hill, Sir Eric, and I actually did Min for the Ryanair. It pays ah, £325,120. So I'll see you in Dubai. And uh, Jane, you're welcome to I'd come. I'd say I have a better chance winning the Dero Millions tonight. We'll Statistically, see. Statistically, uh, I'd say you're probably not far off. We'll see, Jane. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but we, 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 we will see. We will see. <laughs> but Captain Sarcastic there is, uh, is is relegated. So you're welcome to, to share in the spoils. Um, Kevin Blake. Well, well, on well, Captain the... Sarcastic was... Yeah, I was, I was going to say, we, we best give the details for these tickets. These yes. poor fellas have been hanging on the whole podcast. So I wanted to find out how to get to the biggest Cheltenham preview of the whole lot. Of all. The biggest one or of the entire season. they just skipped to the very end. Possibly. Which they could have done, which would have been very, very silly. Very, very silly. So on the 5th of March, we are returning to our now regular Cheltenham preview home of the GOAT in Dublin. It'll be broadcast live on attheraces.com and the At The Races Facebook page so you can hook it up to your TV and, and watch away for the night. Uh, Kevin and myself will be joined once again by Tony Keenan. Jamie Codd returns and hopefully he can produce another 50-1 to 1 winner like he did with LeBake. Uh, Barry Geraghty no is back this year as well. We're delighted to have Barry on the panel and Chapman's there too. So, uh, Kev, <laughs> how do you get tickets? <sighs> Right, we're going to go back to what we did the first year, rightly or wrongly. And the vast majority of the tickets here, not all, but the vast majority will be given out on a first-come, first-served basis. And if you want to go, we've opened up the DMs on the final furlong Twitter. 
you can message us on the final furlong uh, podcast facebook page as soon as you hear this if you think you can go and lads don't be applying for tickets if you can, if you know you can't go apply for tickets max two per person just send us a message with your name uh, your email address as well and uh, first come first serve and we, we, we're giving away I think about 80% of the tickets that way and uh, there will be competitions and a few other things going forward so don't lose hope if you don't get them in the first round we know and appreciate that not everyone can listen to the podcast as soon as it goes live so if you're one of the ones that are listening to this on your morning commute tomorrow and are throwing your phone up against the wall fear not you will have more chances to get there um, look uh, it, it, it's a great night and it's brilliant when there's a real uh, podcast crowd inside yeah. the goat uh, so if you can come do your best to get there on the night it'll be it'll be great fun uh, we don't charge any money uh, to, to get people in if you get a ticket it's yours for free uh, we've never in the history of the final furlong podcast charged anyone for anything and uh, that will remain the same for now <laughs> yes I'm glad you <laughs> emphasize that for now <laughs> <laughs> to listen to the rest of this broadcast, please enter £50 on your credit card details or PayPal details now. But that's that's the gist of it, lads. Get, get onto the old tweet machine, get onto Facebook as quick as you can. Um, I, I might, I, I'll be looking after this. Uh, I've given my word to look after this again, even though it's a massive head wrecker. So I might not come back to you immediately. <laughs> but uh, we, we'll get it sorted out in the coming days. And uh, we'll have more details in the next couple of weeks uh, as to how the rest of the tickets will be distributed, be it competitions, giveaways, etc., etc. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be another great night. Please, God. Uh, looking forward One to month it. today, isn't it? One month today, Kev. Spot on. There we go. Yeah. One month today. It's mad. Uh, it's mad to think that we're that close to Cheltenham as well. Uh, you've written about the Dublin Racing Festival in your article for AtTheRaces.com today. You also pay tribute to Special Tiara and you address the ground scrutiny uh, with Cheltenham as well. That's available on the At The Races app and at AtTheRaces.com as well. Jane, when are you next on RTE? I'd say we're not on now to Easter. Is it that? There oh, he yeah. Is. yeah, Robert was saying that actually. Yeah, it's not until on, on when he when he ended the broadcast, he was saying, we'll, we'll see you at Easter. It's kind of mad to think it'll be it'll be that long until hopefully there's a change of heart and you turn up to Goran. We can get you back I to I would Goran. love that. That'd be brilliant because it's going to be a Follow fight. presenting Percy wherever he goes. Exactly. Or to you just turn up where presenting Percy is. Um, <laughs> I'd quite like would you, would you fancy your chances of getting an interview with Pat Kelly, Jeff? Uh, Pat Kelly's a gentleman. He just doesn't like, uh, just, he's shy Johnny towards Ward. the media. <laughs> he doesn't like Johnny Ward. <laughs> do you know what we he's could a, do? He's a simple man. He's, 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 uh, never pretended to like the media. So nobody should be surprised. And, um, he can train horses and that's his job. I kind of there like, I like the whole air of secrecy around him. I like that. It kind of, it brings it back to the old days of racing where connections didn't really talk. And and it's okay because it's just him and he doesn't have an, a whole like a hundred grade one horses in his in his team. There's just this air of mystery around him. I quite like that. Speaking of an air of mystery, highly recommend The Punisher season two wrapped. It's oh, done. Oh, 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 Watch it. Uh, that is that is currently available for you uh, for season one and season two on Netflix. We're gonna have Jessica Jones coming out very soon as well on Netflix. Uh, season three of that is there too uh, and that'll end it for Marvel with Netflix because they're they're breaking up because Disney are going to launch their own broadcast app and we're not far away from Captain Marvel and from Avengers Endgame the event 
if you want to ruin it, you can watch the Avengers Endgame trailer from the Super Bowl on YouTube, but don't watch it. It'll only spoil it on you. Uh, wait for it to come out. It'll be one of the biggest films of the year. Kevin. You muted me for all that, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to go on about this, Kennedy. I, 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 I would hope you would have more integrity than to go down this road. What? To- Hashtag... Will of the people. Yeah. Four out of four out of five people that listen to this podcast Scandalous. have zero interest Here's in the thing. hearing Here's about the thing. Marvel. There were, as Richie Lawler said, what kind of a person doesn't like to talk about Marvel? And as, uh, and as Locker said, and as Locker podcast, said, what kind of a person doesn't want to hear about the Marvel shows in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So what I will you say is this: you have picked out the two we positive have, tweets out of hundreds. We of have blatant negativity. Uh, <laughs> We have very strong evidence to suggest that Kevin Blake was in collusion with Russia and that Russian bots interfered with the voting process and manipulated it. We're told that producer D, against her will, was made to vote against what she wanted to vote for. So there's a steward's inquiry into that vote and, uh, and we're having and a look at it. The fact that Kenners, I... Uh, Kenners, I have so much integrity that I didn't even tweet the poll off my own personal account. I could have easily said, lads, I don't care if you know nothing about nothing here, just vote no. I didn't do that. I didn't make any mention of it at all. And because... I let nature nature take its course and 80% of the near 2,000 voters... Which is exactly what you predicted. ...asked you to stop talking about it. Exactly. Hey, it was looking dodgy for a while, lads. We were sitting around 78, 79. But common sense prevailed. And now, Kennedy, let... Let that be that. All I, I have to do. Never knock a man for having for having for having his taste, whatever he likes, whatever he doesn't like. But the people have spoken. No more Marvel on the podcast. If no. you have any integrity whatsoever, you will honor the poll. No. And here's the thing. All I had to do was retweet it with hashtag MCU hashtag Marvel, and loads of geeks in the states would have voted on it. And I didn't even vote myself because yeah, I was too so busy in took its course. Nature took its course. Anyway, Kev, we're back on Thursday. It'll be Thursday evening when we're recording. <laughs> and uh, Rishi Passad. Yes, with it us. will be. Yeah, Rishi Passad's with us. No, to, no, he's not. To break down the Marvel <laughs> trailers. But do you know what came into my head when? Uh, because I, I was watching this quite closely as it panned out, and when the final result came in, all I could think was Emmett Kennedy, Tony Stark. Batman and boy Reese Prasad, your boys have taken a hell of a meeting. <laughs> Kevin, Batman is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there's nobody care. called Ant Boy. You <laughs> idiot! You absolute clown! Right, that's it. We're done. Jane, thank you so. Ant Boy, Jesus. <laughs> Jane, thank you so much. Brilliant as always. We'll talk to you again soon. And Kev- Good luck. And Kevin Blake. <laughs> and boy. <laughs> and boy. Kevin Blake, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you Thursday, my man. Have Good luck. And from all of us, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for getting us two podcasts in the top ten at Apple. Oh, you legends! You're all superb. Thank you so that's, so much. That's going to be that's going to be the next poll, Kennedy. Does anyone care about charts? If you, and that's going to be a ninety percent no. Uh, yes. 
We do. Uh, thank you very much for um, <laughs> talking about the podcast, for promoting it, for tweeting it for us, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive Final Furlong Smart Boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org 18+. Plus. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.